Opening program parameters. Player code established. Welcome, Welcome. to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. It's the last podcast for February, and we're ending the month of love, single people, and also Black History Month. Can't forget about that. With a bit of a doozy. I'm sure by now you've heard about the situation in Ukraine. Russia has begun its invasion of the country. Now, obviously, the rest of the world is a little tense, to say the least, but it's probably actually much worse for the people of Ukraine, whether they're living there still or they're living abroad and still have family there. It's still a developing situation at the time of recording this, and we'll get more into it later with how you can help out and also point to some Ukrainian bands that need your support as well. But before that, we'll get into this week's releases including the new Corpse Grinder album, news of the week to follow all of that, and ending the show with part two of the Joseph Isaiah interview from last week. You thought I forgot about that? Well, it's all coming up on the show today. Let's not waste much more time, and let's get into it. I'm Tom McKay, and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome to episode 20 of the Metal Robot Podcast. I'm your host, Tom McKay. Thanks for being here with us today. This week, you know, I gotta tell you, it seemed like it was fine, for the most part, for the first bit, and then ending the week with the news that everybody was absolutely shocked by. Wait, sorry, I read that wrong. Everybody wasn't shocked by because it's Putin. Putin's Russia has basically declared war on Ukraine. Now, I'm not equipped to tackle this delicate subject on a comedy metal podcast. In fact, that statement alone doesn't even need an explanation for it because it just states the facts and everybody is in agreement with it. But we will get more into this in a bit with Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise when we will tell you about some Ukrainian metal bands that you should check out and show some support to. But before that, let's get into this week's releases. If you have any albums coming up that you want me to talk about on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com. Or reach out on socials, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at the dot metal robot. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at what we've got. Yes, that was in fact Corpse Grinder himself. No, this isn't the new Cannibal Corpse album. This is his solo album, G Corpse Grinder. Original, I know, though to be fair, it's a fitting name for the album we have here. Our World of Warcraft boy here has made a straight death metal slam fest that sounds like a Cannibal Corpse album, and yet the packaging says completely different. Speaking of which, that album art, glorious. I too imagine myself being a god among zombies in my dreams. I mean, I was seven, but still very relatable. In terms of the album itself, though, it's more or less what you'd expect out of a death metal album featuring one of the most notable death metal vocalists of all time. All teeth, no pulled punches. Now, based on that, you probably know right away whether you are going to love this album or never go anywhere near it. I know people usually hear Cannibal Corpse music and think it's all the same. 
So the album from front to back has that kind of soundscape that is undeniably death metal from the Corpse variety, and that can be a great thing for Corpse fans, but those who aren't fans of the Corpse are going to have a hard time finding the appeal in this album. And even as a fan of the Corpse, I don't blame them. Even though this has the immediate appeal of being attached to Cannibal Corpse, it also would get buried if George, Homophobius, OK and Wow, Fisher wasn't a part of it. Do I think it's still worth listening to? Yes, it's still a ripping heavy as elephant dung album that's guaranteed to piss off your neighbors, or make them happy depending on which generation they're from, but I wouldn't really recommend this for death metal newbies, or people who think Cannibal Corpse is bland generic death metal. This ain't for you, homie. But this is also my show, so 12 out of 15, go get it if you fancy having daydreams of being a god among zombies like our boy here. <laughs> they grow up so fast. Thunderers fire it up. I'm sure I must have messed something up here. I hit play on this and questioned if the dates are wrong, because this doesn't sound like it came out today. But then I double checked. This is in fact a 2022 album. Oh goody. <laughs> okay, but for real, this is still pretty awesome heavy metal goodness. While it is more dated than the milk you left at the back of the fridge since Labor Day, if having an ass-kicking romp fest of a headbanging good time is what you want out of an album, then Thunderer has got you covered with this one. The drums, especially for me, I gotta tell you, I was a bit put off by the fact that this sounds straight out of the 80s, like an 80s re-release, but I gotta tell you, that kind of goes away when you start paying attention to the drums, because they're a big selling point for this album. I joke about the old school sound, but the production feels old school as well, which if you're a fan of great drum sounds, then this is something you're going to splooge listening to. This is legit the best qualities of old school production and, while the music is straight 80s in the modern day, Loki, it's nice to not hear something auto-tuned to shit for a change. That being said, the dated songwriting in the same time period of digital porn is going to throw some of you for a loop. I know some people aren't going to like this album nowadays, especially the younger audience who would take one listen to this and say, oh great, it's grandpa's vinyl collection, god I'm bored, and return to his round of Among Us because he also ironically can't let go of the past. But everybody else? Be prepared to fire it up with a solid 13 out of 15. Now, if only we can get this old school production with modern songwriting. Now that be something. XIL. Is it XIL or is it Xil? I, I don't know. So, anyways, their new album, Rip and Tear, just came out and. Based on that soundbite, you probably know how it's going to fare on this show. And. Yep, it's thrash metal. I know, I know, I just have to keep character, don't I? But you know what? I'm actually going to do something I haven't done in a bit with this genre. I'm going to say it's actually not bad. I mean, okay, it's still the kind of thrash metal that everybody and their cooler than usual grandpappy is trying to recreate, but I also can't help but move my head to the beat of the music. It's fast and ripping all the way through, and the vocals are also teeth-cutting with the powerful shrieks. Plus, and this is a big thing for me here, it also is the kind of thrash metal that includes elements of heavy metal rather than the straight, we're slayer but less cool sound that people are constantly trying to rip. 
Actually, come to think of it, I have to really rescind my last point about this being the same thrash metal. It's very similar, don't get me wrong, but to me, it sounds like they're combining various elements of the thrash metal genre. To me, it sounds like they have the instrumental prowess of Anthrax, the speed of Slayer, the solo work of old school Metallica, and... Well, okay, thankfully, not much from Megadeth. I'm sorry, but thank God we don't have Muppets in the front. Oh, Jesus. Thank Christ. So yeah, even though this is still a straight thrash metal band that will become hard to distinguish from every other thrash metal band out there, I can appreciate the fact that they're at least trying to sound different from the rest of their thrashing counterparts. If you're a thrash fan, I'd say give this album a spin. With a solid 13.5 out of 15, people should take notes of how to combine the best elements into something of their own. But don't copy them. Do not copy them. That's how you motherfuckers got in this mess in the first place. Hammerfall's new album has the word hammer in it. In their 20 plus career, I am shocked this hadn't happened sooner. But okay, Hammerfall's new album, Hammer of Dawn, is an album that takes the best parts of power metal, adds a sprinkle of parmesan, and nukes it in the microwave for 46 minutes. That's the best way I can describe the sound, but it's actually really enjoyable. I rip on power metal from time to time for the cheese factor of it. Let's be real, it deserves it. But when you get down to it, the genre can produce some powerful and epic songs that serve great while playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Side note, are you excited for the second game? I know, I, I am too, and I don't even have a PS5. How about that? Now, as for the album itself, it's more or less what I described. From the sweet gallop of the title track, the sing-along chorus of Venerate Me, the ripping solo of Too Old to Die Young, and onward, this album hits all the right spots for me. Now, with all of that full transparency, later on into the review of this album, I haven't heard anything from Hammerfall. Or at least as far as I know, I'm sure I must have come across them at some point in a playlist or at a concert. So it's entirely possible that this is all the exact same thing that they've been doing since 97, which I know can be a bit of a turnoff. And honestly, I would not be surprised if this was the case. But honestly, listening to Hammer of Dawn, I don't care. It can be a bit cheesy sometimes, sure, but that's kind of what you'd expect from the territory. If you want the next soundtrack for your open-world adventures across Mother's Heart or whatever fucking open-world RPG game you're playing now, then this is going to be the one you want to check out. 14 out of 15, may the cheese be with you. And that's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to teammckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com. Or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or even on the main YouTube show. Stick around. We'll be right back with Colin Sterling to talk about Ukrainian metal bands right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Have you been on YouTube looking for reviews and thought, Wow, I'm so bored. Then you haven't watched Metal Robot Reviews. I missed the part where I'm no longer bored. Well, take a look. Symbols. I'm going to offend so many people. She's not supposed to review that, wasn't I? Fuck. I don't know what that was. You just played a bunch of clips. And it's all on YouTube. Wait, who was that? Don't ask. Just subscribe. Search up Metal Robot Reviews on YouTube to find all the latest videos in the metal scene, including metal reviews, reactions, interviews, and the fan favorite 10-second purge. Subscribe now. Thank <laughs> you.
Ever wanted to take metal robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sakes! Ah! While we can't solve a bad phone battery, you can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. It's just something that I wanted to do for a long time, and then I bamboozled the government out of a ton of money and said, buy me this harp. MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So that is the music of Ginger, a great metalcore-ish band out of the Ukraine. I don't know what genre they classify under, uh, but all I know is that they're out of the Ukraine and they're fantastic. You should definitely check them out. But as I promised, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're now going to talk about the Ukraine, uh, specifically Ukraine. I should probably make sure I clarify that it's Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Specifically, uh, Ukrainian metal bands that Colin Sterling of Fascist Paradise and I think that you should definitely check out. But before I bring them on to the podcast here, I want to make sure I talk about this real quick because I think this is very important to mention. Realistically, it's not just the Ukrainian metal bands that I think you need to check out. Uh, because obviously it's uh, just the people of Ukraine that it really needs to support right now. The Ukrainian military and everything of the sort. And I also know that I can already, I can actually understand if some people are going to take a look at this, uh, at this podcast and think, wow, Tom, you're just using horrible current events to further your podcast analytics. What the fuck's wrong with you? And uh, okay, fair enough. I must admit <laughs> this segment uh, probably would not have happened if it weren't for Russia invading Ukraine. But I want to make perfectly clear here. This is not the full scope of it. The reason why I'm doing this is not for clicks and for push. Uh, that's probably just gonna be a byproduct, and I honestly don't think that's what I was going for. But the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's just a really fucked up situation that needs to be discussed. Because what's happening right now is absolutely fucking horrible. Something I can't even make jokes about if I tried. A Russian dictator, let's be real, he is a dictator, declared war on a sovereign, free, independent nation because the fucker thinks that uh, that Ukraine, the territory, the country belongs to them, which is just ludicrous if you really get down to it. And, uh, it, and obviously, look, this is a comedy podcast. I don't expect to try to tackle a situation this delicate and this complex and expect it to be take, uh, tackled with the care that it absolutely needs. So uh, what I can say at the very least is this, is that the people of Ukraine really need help. And if you really genuinely want to help, something beyond changing your fucking Facebook profile picture to the Ukraine filter that they have set up, there actually is quite a bit that you can do. Uh, in the podcast description, I've left links to uh, plenty of articles uh, that tell you what uh, what you can do to help out. Volunteers are needed after all uh, in various places, but there's also some uh, some places where you can actually donate to for in support. So for example, uh, if you want to help uh, supply the Ukrainian military, which they definitely need, uh, you can donate to Come Back Alive and Army SOS. Uh, if you want to help with medical supplies, you can donate to places like Razom for Ukraine, fundraiser for Sunflower of Peace. If you want to help children of Ukraine who are understandably fucking terrified right now, uh, Voices of Children is also down below. And last but not least, 
the uh, the Kyiv Independent needs support as well. They're an independent Ukrainian English language paper, which you can definitely support on their Patreon and their GoFundMe. Now, I'm told from a Ukraine from Ukrainian friends that what they really need the most right now is weapons and ammo. But realistically, every single one of these charities and places uh, that I mentioned. Definitely deserve your support. Whatever you you think you can give to support, if you actually want to help out, if you actually believe that Ukraine deserves the help, those are the places that you can check out. They are down in the podcast description. But with that out of the way, I want to bring on a friend of mine, Thrasher Supreme, a.k.a. Colin Sterling. He's been on the podcast a bunch to talk about music, and he's here once again to talk about uh, Ukrainian music specifically. Colin. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I know this was super last minute, but I do. I seriously appreciate your time, brother. Hey, anytime for you, Tom. We're best friends, so you know, whenever I get the call, even if I'm sleeping off of a night shift, you know, yeah, I pick up. I got pick up. Yeah, because I, I sent you a message. <laughs> Literally, this is uh, we're we're recording this on the Friday before the podcast comes out. So right now it's the twenty fifth. Uh, I sent so I yesterday I sent you the text like earlier in the morning because I was just reading up on on this uh, situation and mm-hmm. I got nothing back. I'm like, oh, it's I'll wait till he's probably actually awake. And then I was like, well, it's noon now. He probably must be awake by now, right? Give him a call. Ring, ring. Hey, Colin, how you doing? Um, hi, hi, Tom. What's your what, what time is it? What what year is it? What, what, <laughs> so I was like, oh, he's still asleep. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. You didn't know I was doing the night shift this week, so it's all good. Oh man, how how are those going though? I just to kind of get off topic for a moment to something a bit more <laughs> lighthearted for a moment. Um, to be honest, it's it's okay. You know, you can't complain with night shift. It's you know, it, it depends on the person. You know, some people love working night shifts. Some people don't like working night shifts. For me, it, it just depends on the shift because, you know, like Wednesday night, holy crap, like you, you stare, like you do something. Like we started mm-hmm. at seven, you know, I, I didn't do that much and boom, it was already nine o'clock. It was like, oh, so it's going to go by quick. Yes, last night it was, you know, started at seven, you know, do some stuff. You look up, it's 730. So it's like, ah, shit. It's going to be one of those fucking nights. <laughs> Great. But no, but in all the mass of this chaos and all this, I still managed to find more Ukrainian bands besides Ginger. Oh, I know, right? That was like, I, <laughs> that, that was one of the things I was, I was like, I know this is probably going to get brought up almost immediately, which is why I have to open this segment with a Ginger song. I, the one I actually picked to open up this segment of the podcast is uh, their song Wallflower, I think it's called, which is a... Uh, yeah, it's it's. Well, I threw, I I could have just fucking done the basic bitch shit and opened up with Pisces, but I mean, come on, everyone would have expected that. But either way, Ginger is a fantastic band, and yeah, they usually when you think of Ukrainian bands, they're one of the first ones that are thought of nowadays, which yes. is very interesting. But I also I also know that um I think they mentioned it as well. You the Ukrainian metal scene is not exactly thriving, from what I understand. Like, how much, so how much trouble did you have finding Ukrainian bands? Because I know you and I had very different ways of finding Ukrainian <laughs> I, bands. I picked the easy route. I went on Spotify and just found the Ukrainian metal playlist. And, well, the first band off the top was Ginger. 
But of it course. wasn't Wallflower for the song. And it wasn't Pisces. Really? It started off with Call Me a Symbol. Oh, okay. It's a very nice song. It's off of the mm-hmm. Wallflower album, mm-hmm. which you can find on Spotify and all that stuff. But right. no, um, the one I really want to talk about that really stuck out to me was the song is called The Call, and it's by a band called Sinopic. Sinopic. Sin- is that is it's that spelled? I- it's spelled S I N O P T I K. For the listeners at home who want to go find it, mm. but no, um, that one just—it was beautiful, man. Such a beautiful song, and it was just that one really stood out to me because it was different. It it just it hit home. If it, it was a very beautiful song for a metal song, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, that's the thing I found when I was. Doing my digging, which, oh, by the way, I picked the hard route <laughs> to find these bands. Colin, you that we talked about this off the air, but you, but to yeah. the listeners, guess what I did to find these metal bands? Colin went to Spotify and just searched up Ukrainian metal bands. I decided to look them up on hard mode and went to the metal archives and searched by country. And lo and behold, I found plenty of bands that I immediately had to sift through to find ones that I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Again, Tom, you should have just Googled Ukrainian bands. I know, I should have done that, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to give myself a challenge. Uh, oh, in order for me. <laughs> but going back into the topic, because we got, we got a little sidetracked there. It's, it's hard not to get sidetracked with this topic, I'll be completely honest. But in terms of uh, Ukrainian metal bands, uh, the one you mentioned, you mentioned one. Uh, what kind of what kind of style are they? What kind of genre? Uh, Can they be described in a genre? Maybe alternative metal. Mm, okay. Maybe like um, the closest thing I can compare them to is this Australian band I really like called the Butterfly Effect. Um, if you haven't heard of them, give them a listen too, to mm. not to shine away from the Ukrainian bands we're trying to promote. But that's the the best, the closest band I think I could compare them to that I have knowledge of. But no, they're more of a, from the one song, it was alternative metal. Um, but if we want to talk about some good old death metal, uh, this yes. band is called 1914. 1914. The, 1914 is the name of the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the song I heard was Arrival, the Misus Argon. Uh, okay. Yeah, really good. Really solid. Um, solid pronunciations, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, to, I mean, in, in your defense, I don't even know what, if I if I would even do any better. So it's okay. Yeah. I, I I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't tell you. It's like, well, actually, it's pronounced like you know. So it's um. <laughs> I I do apologize. I'm only um to make up for. I'm pronouncing the bands I know I can say. Yeah. yeah. Properly without fucking it up, because there are some bands in here that are, well. They sing in. Do they speak Russian in Ukraine or is it like a Ukrainian Sl- version of Russian? I know they have. Because uh, I know Russia and Ukraine share similar uh, 
similar language characters, like in terms of yeah. the actual text. Like it's, yeah. I don't know the actual name of it though, but I, I think it's a similar language, maybe a different dialect. I have no I'm clue. Google it. I'm going to Google it. You Google it and I'm sure someone will correct me in the podcast uh, comment section of the YouTube channel. But uh, while you're Googling it, I do want to stay on the topic of death metal for a moment because as I'm pulling up on front of me, there's one band that I just kind that that honestly I kind of had to tell you about. Not necessarily because of the music. I thought it, it, this is a uh, black death metal band, and uh, uh, out of uh, uh, Kiev. Uh, I'm still trying to make sure I pronounce it correctly here. Uh, Kiev, and they're called. Uh, get this. Okay, actually, Colin, why don't you yeah. take a guess what they're called? They're a black death metal band. Go. Uh. <laughs> I promise from the backside. Close. It's called What? <laughs> I, that I was most close. No. Uh but it was <laughs> It's called goat sperm. Okay, so first we have goat whore and now we have goat sperm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, and, and uh so the band is called, which I mean, I think the main reason why I'm talking about them here is because I mean, are are you really shocked that a black metal band is a relating to their name to a goat and b it's sperm <laughs> i think not uh they, so they have at the moment as from what i can tell based on uh the information here from the metal archives they have only one ep uh, that came out back in 2018 called voice in the womb which i had to listen to it and it's it's pretty good actually it's it's mostly generic blackened death metal but it's also ukraine it's eastern european uh, mm -hmm. Black and death metal, which means you know it fucking hits hard. Yes, I can already smell. I can already hear the legal issues just from the way you're speaking <laughs> about them. I can hear the domestic abuse. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can hear the domestic abuse calls from how hard it hits. I can hear um, Nargle smiling in the back, in the background, just yes. that sinister smile of that's a, welcome, yeah. That, welcome to the party of the EC European Legal Issues Department. Yeah, that's how you know it. Oh yeah, it, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of good. You can hear a smile. Um, yeah. um so I did I did I did find some stuff. So the vast the vast majority of the people in the Ukraine speak Ukrainian, which is written with a form of uh Cyrillic, Cyrillic <laughs> mm -hmm. alphabet. The language belonging with Russian and Belarusian to the East Slavic yeah. branch of the Slavic language family. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so I, it's it's basically the closest, it's closely related to Russian, but also has a distinct similarities to the Polish language. Mm, okay. Okay, so, yeah, that makes so, sense. So a lot of these bands are in Ukrainian, so I can I say that, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of these bands are... When has Google ever lied? I mean... Yeah, so... A lot of these bands from the Ukraine that that are spelled with Ukrainian uh, alphabet, um, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna give a chance to pronounce because I know I'm gonna <laughs> mess it up. And yeah, I gotta I'll be careful with that thing, too. But and it comes up as something completely different, and I don't know how it got there. Well, re regardless of whether you can pronounce them or not, I'll make sure to include links to all the bands down in the description, whether it's their Bandcamp or Spotify, whatever, wherever you can find them. Um, I'll make sure to include them in the podcast description so you can check them out afterwards and show them some love, show them some love. And if you can tell them that Colin and Tom sent you.
just uh, just let them know where where you where your beautiful bastards came from. Let's see who else. Okay, I'll be honest with you. What I found with all the Ukrainian bands I listened to, right? I can tell there's no distinctive genre that dominates Ukraine. Yeah, that's the thing. Like w- with a non-thriving metal scene, it's pretty clear that there's not really a like a distinct genre that usually comes up. Like the, yeah. what I was able to find, it's all all over the map when it comes to it, the genres. It, like it I found. Is. I found symphonic metal. I found black metal, death metal, brutal death metal. There's melodic death metal. Uh, okay, there's a <laughs> yeah. We just classify them as their own. Gin, yeah, we just, yeah. There's there's ginger metal. Uh, there's <laughs> which actually that's uh, that sounds like a genre with no soul. But I'm okay. Moving on. So uh, <laughs> it was too easy. I couldn't help myself. But I <laughs> when I was looking through, it's like it's all over the map with uh, with. The yeah. genres. I couldn't find any specifics, but yeah, no. Think, uh, so you were, no, but you were about to mention uh, uh, a. You ha- you found a band outside of Ginger, of course. Y- yeah, well, f- I mentioned I mean, the two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sinopict <laughs> and 19, mm-hmm. 1914. This mm-hmm. one. This is this is a. I want to say grindcore band, that doesn't sound like a grindcore band. Really? Yes, they are called Fleshcore. The song's called Talk to Me About God. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest with you, you can kind of understand what they're saying. I, I call bullshit on that. I, no, I don't think that's serious. legal. That, that I don't ask, think that's that legal. Ask. This is that, that, a legit thing. I, I heard the song earlier. It's a legit thing. Um, that, that can't be legal in the grindcore scene, can it? It's like, Ukraine, it's, so they don't give a shit. <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> true. True. They do their own thing over there with grindcore. That's true. Yeah, okay. See, even, All right. even my cat agrees. Even my cat yes. agrees. Who cares? Yes, Ch- Chico agrees that you can yeah. that Ukrainian grindcore can do whatever the fuck they want. It's Uncle Tom on the screen. You can look and see. Hi. Yeah, she don't give a shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I see how it is, Chico. Okay, all right. I I feel you. I feel you. I I agree with you too. But I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> um. So so okay. Uh, so what was the band called again? They're called um, Fleshcore. Fleshcore. Flesh okay. The song I heard was "Talk to Me About God." Okay. And you said you can slightly understand them in grindcore. No, I'm like, wait, yeah. wait, hold on, hold on. How short was the song? It wasn't a short song. That's really? The thing. It was pretty long. Like wait, wait, so, but wait, wait. How long is the song? Are we talking long for grindcore or are oh, we talking? Found them on on Bandcamp. How long is the song? I'm kind of curious now. You can you kind of like you left me in suspense. Oh my there. bad. They they identify as brutal death metal. Ah. That makes more sense now. Yeah, that does. It was really like, good though. It was really oh, that's good. good. And the song length was four minutes, 23 seconds. Oh, okay. So long for, for grindcore. When you said long song, I was thinking like, hold on. Is this a grindcore band that is writing a fucking seven piece opus? Is that what is happening? No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> either way. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll include that one in the podcast description. The next one, the one I, one I found, I was like, oh my God, this is one I actually at, immediately afterwards I had to go, I had to download one of their albums. Uh, it was um, a band called Midgard. Can you guess 
Based on the name. Viking metal. They're Viking metal. There you they go. Viking metal. They are Viking Midgard metal. Because is the, is the Norwegian term or the, oh shit, or the Viking term for Earth. Yes. Well, Norse specifically, but yes. Norse. So they, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, thank so, you. <laughs> Taika Watiti for Ragnarok. <laughs> so, uh, according Fuck to. the other two Thor movies. Ragnarok uh, or fair nothing. Fair enough. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, so, uh, but from what I was able to find, based on uh, out of the metal archives, they are from Kniv, uh, and they are described as folk Viking death metal. I was not able to determine any folk from what I was able to hear, other than the band picture, which I'm going to send you in just a moment here because it because they're in. I think they're wearing fucking Hobbit clothing in that, which is very interesting. Hey, it's not Hobbit COVID clothing. It's not Hobbit COVID. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> All right, I'm sending you the picture on uh, Facebook. Okay. okay, let's see how amazing these beautiful people look. Um, side note, you should post this in like the promo for this video. You should post a picture of it somewhere Absolutely, on yeah. social media so people can see the... Um... Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is exactly how a folk band should dress. Exactly. I think that's the only folk part about them, I'll be completely honest, because I didn't, I wasn't able to hear a, any sort of like, when you think folk metal, you usually think like uh, a louvite, right? Like when you think like you, like the folk instruments, I wasn't hearing any of that. Do you mean Elvite? Yes. Did you mispronounce Elvite? <laughs> of course I did. I don't pronounce things. Or am I things. mispronouncing Elvite? Oh my God. Are we pro are we both mispronouncing? Okay, it, it's settled. We have to go see them live and then whoever pronounce and then however they pronounce it is the way it's pronounced. Yes, exactly. I'm sure. Or, or we just wait for the podcast to come out and someone corrects us in the comment section. Whichever one comes first. Yay. Hey. <laughs> the fucking okay, decrescendo can... in that. I can tell you this in the Ukraine group. Um, was it uh, shit, playlist I found? Mm -hmm. There is no Midgard. There's no Midgard in the. Who curates that uh, that playlist? It, it it was a it was a fan. It was a, a random guy. You Spotify they, didn't hey, specifically hey, hey, make hey, a random playlist. guy. Random guy. Look look into the camera if you're watching this on YouTube. Look into the, look into my eyes. Add Midgard to your fucking playlist. You're missing out, bud. You're missing out. Because they are actually real, like, I, I think the closest comparison I can give is, like, maybe Amana Marth, but that might be, like, even then I'm thinking, is that Would actually... Would this happen to be Midgard? Book of Fate, yep. That's the that's not the album I ended up listening to uh, for Midgard. Uh, the, what Colin showed there, in case you couldn't see it, was Book of Fate, which is uh, which they came out with in 2019. The one I ended up hearing was... Uh, Tales of Kriya? I don't know if that's if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Tales of Kriya, it came out in 2020. You mean the one I just found right now? I believe so. If I flip back to Zoom, yes, that's the one. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, definitely, if you can, if you ever get the chance, get check out Midgard on whatever you, you can find. Again, it's all linked down below. They do have a band camp, uh, and I'll also make sure that they are aware that we talked about them on the podcast. I will spam yes, the shit out of them do. if I have to. Uh, and make sure we make sure to send something to 1914 yes. Westcore and Sinopict. As mentioned, I hope all of those 
that one right. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm sure they will tell us when when they eventually see this. I don't know if they'll ever see this, but if they do, welcome. Yeah. If they if they do see it, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, the Thrasher uh, to the Thrashing Bot podcast, sponsored by uh, <laughs> sponsored by my bank account. <laughs> if you truly if you truly like us, you can follow our Patreon at We Need That Money Please Badly. <laughs> sponsored. It's sponsored by our collective sanities, which is slowly decreasing as we continue. Wait, you have sanity still? Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently there was a little bit. I had a reserve left over. Uh, <laughs> Reserved? What the hell? I had, I, had, I, had I had a reserve batch uh, left over. Uh, just after, after the dark days. Um, so <laughs> Carl, Carl just looking off to the Can side. Can like, hear anything? I didn't. No. Oh, shit. Did I fuck up the lyrics? I'm trying to do a, a fucking... Metallica one reference. Oh, oh! What? Do you hear anything? The darkest days. Uh, right before the dark times. Yeah. Um. Do Do you hear anything? I don't know. No, I, have to I think it's. I cannot hear anything. I can't remember anything. Can't tell if this is true oh. or dream. God damn it! Like now I'm searching up the lyrics to Metallica. <laughs> this is gonna. This I, I love the. It's I, I love bringing Colin on for this specific reason. We come on for a specific purpose, but we always, always, always get sidetracked. That's how it usually goes with this okay, podcast. People. I can't remember anything. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the first tell line. If this is true or for or a dream. Deep down inside, I feel to scream. This <laughs> this terrible silence stops me. Now that the war is through through with me i'm waking up and i cannot see that there's not much left of me nothing nothing is real but pain now are we just gonna do spoken word metallica is that what this podcast is turned into spoken word metallica yeah. and i can't complain join us for our next video or podcast <laughs> where we turn death metal songs into slam poetry yeah that's what we're do- yeah we're to- we're absolutely doing that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> I just gave Tom a brilliant idea. Shit. Yeah, yeah. What have you done? <laughs> what have you unleashed? All right. Uh, so the next band I want to talk about. This one is another one I really enjoyed. Uh, it's called Raven Tail. So they are another. It's one word. They're another band out of uh, that Kiev. I, I I forgot how to Kiev. Kiev. Yeah. It's another band out of Kiev, uh, and they're an atmospheric black doom metal band. I think if I double check, atmospheric black doom. Yes. Oh, what? Okay, what do you mean by atmospheric? Now I'm curious. Um, well, if you're wondering, it's not like the entire mix is drowned in reverb like you would expect. Uh, okay. It's hard to really describe because I all I know is it's it's it, what. What the way it describes itself is very much not what I was hearing because what those the album I ended up hearing was their 2020 album Planetarium 2. Uh, and what I heard from that was kind of more hmm, Colin, you did you hear the album Dreamless by Felucia? Who's Felucia? Never mind. Uh, so anybody who's heard that album, uh, or even Felucia in general, which by the way, Colin, get on it, is um. That it, it it kind of reminded me a lot of that, uh, but also not really. It's hard to describe what rave what Raven Tail sounds like. Uh, 
just for reference, I'll be, I'm going to play a clip for you uh, here and uh, let you know what it sounds like. Okay, that's what they sound like. And that's pretty much, Colin, Colin heard nothing. Colin heard, Colin heard nothing there. I basically, the magic of editing. (laughs) But for those, those at home, you, you definitely have heard this, the audio and uh, Colin future. You must have heard that too. What did you think of it? what did you think of that soundbite? What the fuck? (laughs) Future. You really, really fucking came right there. Didn't he? Came. (laughs) Future me is trying to figure out what past me is trying to figure out. (laughs) Atmospheric. Um, Oh wait, are we talking about the, the Ukrainian band or the band you told me I need to listen to your album? What is it? Fuchsia? Oh, uh, Fallujah. 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 Yeah, the, the album's called Dreamless. It, and the band Raven uh, Raventail uh, that Raven. I'm talking about from the Ukraine, uh, they, that the the music I heard sounds something similar to that, but also not exactly like that. It's hard to really describe exactly what uh, I can. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did, it, did co- Raventail co- release an album in 2015? Yes. Dark su- uh, su- substance of Dharma. Dharma, yes. Okay, found it on Spotify. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, and, and then it, what yeah, was I dreamless. Sorry, what? Was what? It? Oh, uh, the album is called the uh, the other album you're looking for is Dreamless. It's by a band called Fallujah. Oh, found them. That's yeah, yeah. It's weird spelling of a band, but okay. It's Where are they from? Uh, it, <laughs> Uh, Fallujah, they're from the U.S., but the the name actually comes from, I believe Fallujah is an actual place in the Middle East. Oh, okay. We keep getting off topic. Let's get back into topic. Yes, we do. Um, <clears throat> trying to think. What else is, what other bands, oh. what what bands do you have? What other bands can you recommend? Um, This was the last band I listened to before uh, getting on. Uh, they are called Fire Lake, two separate words. Mm-hmm. Um, the song I heard was Ghost City. Okay. Kind of like a, it's, it's like, kind of like a, maybe a metalcore thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's actually a really good song. I probably might listen to the album or the EP or whatever it is off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, another band that really stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Um, the band was called Polynova, Polynova Pole. Why does that sound familiar? Trying to uh, think. What, what's the name of the album? I don't. You're asking for a miracle, Tom. <laughs> New album. Oh, On the Edge of the Abyss. It's an it's EP. A, hmm. This one, this is a band you might like, Tom. Uh, Space of Variations. Hmm. Okay. A song called Tibbet. They're called Tibbet. Tibbet. Uh, T I B E T. Not Timbit. Basically, metal muse. Metal Oh, Ukrainian muse. You don't say, huh? You don't Rare say. Everyone has entered the chat. <laughs> Give me one second while I soil myself. Ah, oh. <laughs> I haven't even heard it, but you're already you're already getting me you already getting me going, bud. You're already getting me going. Damn right. That's what <laughs> friends are for. Friends get each other off. What? <laughs> Friends help other friends discover new metal. 
Exactly. Another band I wanted to tell to tell you about, and Colin, I feel like you might enjoy this particular one. Uh, they are they're a band called Total Harmonic Distortion. They are a progressive thrash metal band. That that. My eyes, uh, to the listeners at home, my eyes peeked up because I'm actually curious. Total harmonic distortion. Yes, although the O's have two dots on top of them, just to be oh, clear. They, oh, oh, the motor, oh, the uh, umlas. If I'm yeah, mistaken. I think. Is that what they're called? Umlas? I have I have no fucking clue. I'm sure someone will tell me in the comments or someone will tell us in socials, wherever they're going to tell us and correct us on everything that we're doing wrong here. But yeah. um yeah, I so can't believe pro- you pronounced that wrong, you dumbasses. I can't hey. believe. <laughs> we didn't get pre- 90s in English, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't think English would have helped us here, but nonetheless, so uh, the last album they released, uh, apparently God they're still... damn it! What? I didn't realize that till you said it. <laughs> <laughs> English... Oh, I, I'm pretty sure the English uh, language would not have helped us with this with, with this particular no, name. No, because it's a European thing. So yeah, call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the last the, the last album they released was their was a full length Madkind, uh, which released back in 2015. And I ended up listening to some of to some of their stuff. And I gotta tell you, Colin, I was actually thoroughly enjoying that. I'm not gonna lie. I what? thought it was really good. You what? enjoyed something with thrash? Okay, to be clear, it's progressive thrash, so I think it, it doesn't count. But maybe it does count. It's it either way, it's something different. Under thrash. Yes, is- but but it's also not stereotypical thrash. That's the big thing right shit? there. The Lies <laughs> is technically a thrash band, and you like them. Yes, they uh- involve elements of prog, but they are still thrash. <laughs> Ah, uh, you but you know that's a fair point. But then again, that's never my argument. Anyways, that's okay. <laughs> thrash is a loving spectrum. Rash? Okay? Rash? Yes, thrash. Because we have. Oh, no, from no, our- no, you're thinking thrash, but I heard rash, as in I got a oh, rash in my back. Rash is definitely a full spectrum if you really think about it. I think doctors may yeah. agree. I'm talking about <laughs> thrash. Um, Listen, man, name another jo- metal genre that was created by two cousins making love. Okay, you get Southern hardcore metal. making love with punk to create thrash. Oh, you were thinking, okay, when you were thinking of, of like, uh, like, <laughs> well, well what, what was your analogy again? Because I could have sworn it involved incest for a second there. It, it was two cousins <laughs> falling in love, you know. The, the thrash, first thing that came to mind was Southern metal. <laughs> no, thrash, <laughs> technically, if you think about it, though it's popular in in that beautiful New York scene or the Southern California <clears throat> scene, realistically, it was created in good old sweet home, Alabama. Nice. The, Ladies and gentlemen, a- I am at my peak of awakeness right now. So that means I am a hyper insane psychopath yeah. from Canada. These- so that means <laughs> if I start taking shots of maple syrup again, I'm going to have a diabetic shot. <laughs> again? Again, yeah. Uh, oh, did you ever see my video two that's years a, ago? Where that's I how you, like is that how is that how you prepare for podcasts? That, that's how you prepare for podcasts with me, isn't it? You take a shot of maple syrup before you come on. No, I haven't taken the shot of maple syrup since uh, Canada Day 2020 <laughs> when we were locked up. Oh, you were you were desperate for that kind of high, weren't you, buddy? Like I, I was desperate for something. 
That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> All right. Well, Colin, because uh, we're, we've already been going on for about how long we've been going on? Almost an hour. 40, uh, like 44 minutes, give or take. Yeah. But, uh, and the fact that we barely talked about Ukrainian metal, but still I know, I know. about let's, Ukrainian metal. Let's, you know what? Let's make up for it with at least one more Ukrainian metal band. Colin, do you have any yeah. more that you're able to <laughs> You know what? The confidence gonna, I had going into that, and I'm like, let's delegate it to the other person who probably has something. You know what? Instead of that, Spotify, go search up Ukrainian metal and go to the Ukrainian heavy metal playlist created by James Johnson. It's six hours and 37 minutes. It is really good. It is really amazing. You know what I'm going to do, Tom? You know what I'm going to do? That? What are you going to do? I'm copying the link to it. I'm going to mm -hmm. send it to you. And I would love for you to have it in the description for this uh, podcast. I shall include it. So people can go check it out to hear some of the bands I mentioned. Maybe they'll find some of the bands you mentioned. Or Maybe. more or less, listen to other amazing Ukrainian bands that could really use your support right now. That's a good thing. I'll, I'll be sure to include that uh, podcast, uh, not podcast, sorry, that Spotify Spotify playlist in the podcast description. Uh, but I do actually have one more I do want to share, and it's just because, and it's it's a death metal band. It's uh, called Aeternus Prophets. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, but it's A-E-T-E-R-N-U-S Prophet. And they're, a, they're out of Festif in Ukraine. They're a death metal band. Uh, and honestly, I think the, I, I heard their stuff and it's pretty good death metal stuff, but I think the only reason I included them here is the same reason I included goat whore. Uh, it's not, not goat whore, uh, goat sperm. Wow, was Tom, because, you can't even pronounce goat sperm's name right. I know, right? I'm just not on whore. my game tonight. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I see what you did there, though. Um, uh -huh, I got funny. You did a funny. Uh, the only, uh -huh. I think the main reason I included them is because they really went they went full out with uh, their gimmick, which, as far as I can tell, I think I think these guys really wanted to look like they're from the deep state. Okay. Like for whatever. Actually, I'm gonna send you. I had I had a I had a not at not as. Uh, comical joke for that but look at these images look at this image i'm sending you on facebook and you tell me uh what what they look like do i have to give an honest answer it, it, whatever answer was okay. the first one that comes to your mind drone metal ah okay so you see you went the you went the nice route you know you want to know what my what what i'm what sorry but when i see three <laughs> druids it's either ghost or ghost or dr or drone metal yeah, that's well. See, that's the first thing you're thinking of. You want to know what what was the joke? What was the one thing that popped in my mind that's really fucked up? Actually, I would I, love to hear this. Yes. Yeah, because I, I I looked at that and I'm like, is this what clan members would look like in an alternate universe? <laughs> <laughs> I should not be allowed a, a platform. Anyway, Scullin, so. <laughs> On that entertaining note, Colin, thank you so much for You're coming. You're not even wearing white. Like I said, alternate universe. Do they? Oh, God. You know what? We're not getting into this. I don't want to start shit with people. I'm not starting shit with people. I'm not going to. You know what? 
I'm just gonna leave it at that. Tom, do your thing. Tom, do your thing before I say something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and putting up with my bullshit. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for thank you for just wanting to do this with me. I greatly appreciate it. I know you could probably could have done it with a lot of other people, but Thank you for asking me to do it with oh, you. Oh, come now. Everybody knows that if I if I want to talk about music on the podcast, I pull up the Thrasher Supreme. Everybody knows this by now. You're an honorary co-host at this point, as we've discussed in past episodes. Not going to lie, I kind of like that new nickname, the Thrasher Su- Supreme. That's literally, like your con- Strange. that's literally your contact name in my phone. It's, I'm no, not is joking. it really? It actually is. I'll, sh- I'll, I'll take a <laughs> screenshot and I'll send it to you. But yeah, like I said, uh, Thrasher Supreme, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, my dude. Thank you so much. And to everyone, stay safe. God, um, let me bless you all. Um, take care. If you like the sound of my voice, make sure to tune in to my radio show, which you can hear every Tuesday night from 9 o'clock to midnight on 1015 or my bad, Indie 1015. Still getting used to saying that, right? <laughs> uh, we They have the show's archived, so you can even check out my episode where Tom came on and we talked about Call to the Demon Sultan, which is his brand yeah. new EP, which is out right now. And if you haven't heard it yet, there's something wrong with you because you definitely need to go listen to it. And if you're done listening to that, then listen to the soundtrack for the hit DC TV show Peacemaker because holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> Peacemaker has a lot of kick-ass music that I will talk about next time I'm on here. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, that there goes the call to the Demon Sultan plug. Thank you so much, dude. Welcome anytime. All right. That was Colin Stilling of Thrasher's Paradise here. And just, oh, I mean, I know we didn't get to talk a whole lot about Ukrainian bands here as much as I was as uh, probably expecting to, but nonetheless, I was glad to have him on. And once again, all the links to the various uh, ways you can support the Ukraine during this time as, you know, that's the whole reason we were here in the first place can be found down in the podcast description. Honestly, you can choose where you want to donate, but if you really want to help, do whatever you can because they really do need a write up now. All right, Joseph Isaiah part two is coming up at the end of the podcast. But first things first, Metal News of the Week coming up right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap is brought to you by My Sanity. Everything is so depressing! Why? To stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com, this is MRP News. So I know that it's very easy to talk about what's going on right now in the world with Ukraine, Russia, and while I don't want to make light of the issue, I'm actually going to keep the stories outside of that. I will say this much though, Ginger is apparently safe and condemns the war entirely. There's your Ukrainian coverage in this news recap. We did so much coverage of the story previously in the podcast, and I don't want to make this all about Ukraine, but again, any resources can be found all over the internet, including in the podcast description. But in the meantime, let's talk about some metal stuff right now. First one is pretty stupid. Tool's latest album, Fear Inoculum, came out in 2019 and became the best album on many people's end of the year lists. 
mine as well. What? It was a great album. And the band took notice of that because now they have a new Fear Inoculum Tour Edition vinyl, featuring specialized art, band autographs, and more. And all that is yours for next month's rent. Why is it $810? Who the fuck is this marketed towards? Prince Andrew? Yeah, as you can imagine, people weren't too happy to see the price of the special edition Fear Inoculum cost as much as a flight from Toronto to Vakken and back. It's a bit much, to say the least. Now, the good news is, the band did lower the price after the online criticism. The bad news, it's still next month's rent. Oh, come on! Well, okay, given that this is a special tour edition where the number of them are limited and they all feature autographs, I guess it would be a bit unfair of us to try to barter for them with a crumpled one and a glass of Heineken. If you have the chance to get it and you have the money to do so, check them out on tour when they come your way. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. And that's the gory sound of the new movie from the Foo Fighters, Studio 666, a comedy horror film starring the band where Dave Grohl gets possessed, kills all the members, and goes solo. I'd say spoiler, but Dave literally told you that in every interview he's done about this movie. I came up with this idea like, oh, I, I know, the Foo Fighters move into a house, it's fucking haunted, I become possessed, I fucking kill everybody, and then I go solo. And that was it. That was the pitch. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> and so far, the projections for this movie are, well, not super. According to BoxOfficePro.com, it's expected to make up to $2.7 million at the box office this weekend, which sounds decent when you consider how much money you spend on merch every time you go to a show, with all the movie pieces and all the people and all the money spent to make this film, I guarantee it's probably not going to be great. It also doesn't really help that the current rating for Studio 666 is not great either. It's currently sitting at 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not the best either. It actually was previously, I think, at 66 beforehand, which would have been great if it stuck like that for theme purposes, but it hasn't. But honestly, even with that, I don't think the band really cares. They wanted to make a dumb, low-budget comedy horror film, and they did, which, you gotta admit, is a pretty nice sentiment to think about. It currently is playing in most theaters, especially here in North America, so if you want to check it out, head over to your local movie theater and enjoy. But speaking of the Foo Fighters again, they announced earlier this week that they're performing a one-off show in Grillong, Australia on the 4th of March. It was a bit of a surprise to say the least, but fans got excited for it. So much so, Frontier Touring announced that the event has been declared a major event, which is reportedly bad news for ticket scalpers. And that's not me saying that either, it was literally part of the announcement. As reported by themusic.com.au, Frontier Touring went on to say, quote, under the Major Events Act of 2009, it is illegal for a ticket to be sold or offered or advertised for resale for more than 10% above the face value of the ticket. Going on to say, breaching the act can result in heavy fines of up to $109,000 or over $545,000 for a company. Jesus, they really got the nail on the head with that one. Holy shit. I can say this much, I wouldn't bother reselling tickets with that kind of penalty over my head. You can either not make money or you can not make money. 
Tickets for the show are on sale now if you're in Australia or you're planning to visit next week. Check the link in the podcast description for tickets. So in COVID news, yeah, I know, I know, but still, masking mandates are still a thing, but they can also be a bit confusing nowadays. I know I've asked already, where are masks needed and where are they not needed? And more specifically to this podcast, which I'm sure you care more about, are they needed when I'm ripping shit in the pit? Well, apparently, yes they are. According to a New York Times article called Should You Still Wear a Mask, Dr. Aaron Bromage, an associate professor of biology at the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth, says, quote, where the risk is mainly focused is the pit at the very, very front of the stage where people are on top of each other singing, physically exerting. Which makes sense, you're right next to people crushed together and pushing people around. But he also goes on to say, quote, if you're standing on the lawn watching a show, there's really no data to support that a mask does anything to protect you that Mother Nature's not taking care of. The article then mentions that if the venue requires vaccines or a recent negative COVID test, you're in even better shape. Okay, so outdoor is a bit more okay. Well, that's great, but what if I'm in the pit at an outdoor venue? What if the lawn is filled with people? Do I still need it then? Well, at that point, it depends. If you're confused, Dr. Bromwich suggests a cigarette analogy. If someone was smoking, would you be able to taste and smell the cigarette smoke fill the air? If yes, mask the fuck up, because the virus can fill the air just as quickly. If not, infection is unlikely. So there you have it. Now, the article does talk more about the in-general stuff of daily routines for the normies out there, so if you are interested to know if you should wear a mask at, I don't know, your local bar, check the link in the podcast description. And finally, I'll make this one super quick. Singer-songwriter Mark Lanigan has passed away this week at the age of 57. If you're unfamiliar with his work, he's the cool hipster dude every hipster tried to replicate at their local Starbucks and failed miserably. I mean, he's actually way more known for his work singing for Queens of the Stone Age, but there is that too. Now, at the time of recording, no information of the cause of death is known, but his passing was announced on his Twitter page. Tributes have poured in from all over the rock world, from fans and musicians alike at the time of recording this. It's truly heartbreaking to hear this news, honestly, as a Queens of the Stone Age put out some amazing music in the past, and Mark's solo work was just as great. So with that, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite album out of his discography? Mine is Songs of the Deaf, but I want to know yours. Send me a tweet at The Metal Robot and let me know. And that wraps up this week's Metal Robot News of the Week. We'll be right back with Joseph Isaiah Part 2. And if you want any news covered on the show, be sure to send me uh, a tweet at The Metal Robot on Twitter. You can also check out TheMetalRobot.com for more news and press that can be found throughout the week. This is The Metal Robot Podcast. 15 plus artists. Multiple cultures. Multiple languages. One. Almost unpronounceable name. Homoyoisios. Homoyoisios. mother. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homoyoisios. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoyoisios. A symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? Metal addicts call it symbiosis between extreme metal and classical music. Cult Metal Flick says cinematic landscapes collide with atmosphere. Tom McKay says, it's the reason my veins are filled with caffeine. Wait, what? I can't help it! I'd rather write awesome metal than sleep! Give me a fucking ambient, please! 
Call to the Demon Sultan is out now on all streaming platforms. And while you're at it, pick up some cool merch by going to metalrobotreviews.creatorspring.com or check the links in the podcast description. Stream now. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Last week I hit play on an interview I did with Joseph Isaiah from Under Concrete Kings, Seeking Sirens, and Sour Times, where we were talking about his new album, Harder Truths, a collaboration album of sorts with various axe shredders in the metalcore world. Well, I cut off that interview around the 20 minute mark, mostly for time, but also because I secretly like to torture my audience. And I still wanted to give you part two at some point, and as I promised last week, it would be this week that I would give it to you. And in part two, I basically just let Joseph talk the entire time. Uh, in fact, in this second half, I think I only asked two questions. Like in the full 30 minutes of the interview, two questions were asked of me. No joke. And it's still entertaining because we just got to talking and joking around when talking about the album. But anyways, enough out of me. Here's part two. We've been here for like a good 20 minutes. Let's finally talk about the new album, Harder Truths. Now, as mentioned earlier, this is a very metalcore release, but it also features many different axe players, uh, including the likes of Doc Coyle of Hope You Like Our New Vocalist, Bad Wolves. We've got Chris Danielle, formerly of the band Accused of a School Shooting by a Twat with a Twitter account, The Acacia Strain. And Chris Danielle, by the way. Danielle. Chris Danielli, my sincere yeah, apologies. Yeah. No, no, Don't no. It, it reads like Danielle. It reads yeah, like it Danielle. does. Yes. This is this is why you prep ahead of time, folks. But uh, and of course, uh, just yeah, naming as many as possible. But we've also got uh, Tim McMiller of the band Overqualified for this style. Protest the fucking hero. And can you tell who I have a favorite here? Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that this album has a lot of eclectic sounds. How did this idea to bring all these different people? into one album how did that come to how did, how did that come to be well um man you know i'm gonna be real with you uh it's it's a bit of a personal story um that's okay that i'd rather not go too far into no worries uh, suffice to say um i've been very fortunate in my years uh doing this i've gotten to play some really great shows with some really great bands i've gotten to play you know a big chunk of the east coast of the united states um, and you know, a couple of people on that record, uh, you know, I had already known from playing shows together or working together with before. So once, you know, like once the idea popped into my head, I won't go into too much detail about how it popped in there, but, uh, once the idea came about and I got a couple of people that I had already known, it was so much easier to get the rest. And my list, like if you took the lineup of seven folks on Harder Truths, I had a list of like 35 that, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. And a lot of them were cold calls. Some of them didn't even hit me back. But like I said, once I had a few of people that I had already known, it made it a lot easier to approach people with a cold call or cold email and be like, yeah, hey, this is what I'm trying to put together. But I've already got so-and-so confirmed. And some of them already have tracks like so once I got to that point, it made it a lot easier. As far as like putting it together, it was, you know, the most important thing for me was I didn't want to go and take a huge undertaking like this because, you know, that's a lot of time, resources. Just it's, it, was, it, was a, it was a huge, quite frankly, fanciful idea. Like I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be cool. Um, you know what? I'm going to do that. 
myself and, and put something together. I, I know I can do this, so I'm going to go and do it. Um, but I didn't want my other projects that I was working with at the time, and I'm still working with Sour Times, Seeking Sirens from Under Concrete Kings. I didn't want any, I didn't want any impact on those projects negatively for me trying to do this thing because I had an experience in a band some years ago where all of a sudden everything was put on hold for a similar project and it just it just ruined us all. You know what I mean? I just it, it, it was awful. It was an awful way to feel. It was an awful way to get treated. It was just, you know, it was just bad. So I, in my head, I was like, well, if I'm going to do something outside of this band, I'm going to make sure that it no, it no way, shape or form negatively impacts the goals, what's getting done with the bands that I'm in. Um, and to more to that point, I actually brought in people in those bands to this project. For instance, Freddie Velasco, uh, he plays uh, drums from Under Concrete Kings. He also played with my last band, City of Homes. He played the drums for this record. I brought him in. I was like, hey, man, come do this. It'll be cool. Um, and also my bass player, my counterpart from From Under Concrete Kings, Josh Crevity, he's played bass on a few tracks on the record. And he also did the intro and the interlude, the instrumental stuff. Like, I brought him in. I was like, no, no, man. Like, I want you to be a part of this. So that was the most important stuff for me as far as, like, getting this record done and, like, the idea of it. It was really kind of just ridiculous. It was like, well, you know, what if what if I could do it without, you know, any label support, any connections, you know, with, like, people that I might know or whatever. Like, you know, like, I didn't have – none of it was handed to me is what I'm getting at. Um, and I was like, that could I put something together like that without the advantage of having – you know, industry folks in my corner without having label support to get it done, um, you know, without having, you know, those, those ends to that club that, you know, it's a big club, but you ain't in it. Those kind of people. Like, I, I don't have any of those people. So I was like, I wonder if I could do that, not having all that stuff. And not only did I do it, I, it actually came out awesome in the end. So I was really pleased overall. I'm so stoked. Like, I just heard the first masters for this record, which just came out like a week ago, but I heard the first masters of it. Not, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. Like we, like they, they came late, you know, like I was the beginning, like beginning of October, second week of October, they came in. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm still listening to this record and I'm still digesting it. And I'm, you know, I'm just like, wow, you know, this is amazing. Like, I can't believe I put this together, uh, you know, and I showed it to my brother and, he, and you know, he liked it. He's like, man, why didn't you do this like 10 years ago? And I was like, because I was too busy carrying bastards like you 10 years ago. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was it was cool in a way, because once, you know, I didn't have to count on anybody else but myself to get it done. It was like, oh, OK, awesome. Like, I, I, I'm not going to disappoint myself because I'm only hurting myself, right? So it was cool. Like, you know, and I'm still I'm still on cloud nine. I'm still trying, taking this all in, that this happened and that, you know, I did this. And it's gotten some great press so far. And I'm just still I'm still on cloud nine overall. And I, I can't believe I made this happen, to be honest. 
Yeah. I don't know if I fully answered your question, but I hope I gave you some good you stuff. Did, you did, and more so. Uh, one of the downsides that usually comes with working with so many different guitarists is usually their musical backgrounds. Like to me, when I was listening to Harder Truths, uh, and I, you could take you could take this how you want as a good or bad thing, but uh, to me, it felt like I was is listening to a compilation album in a way, especially with a change up from the dark, thunderous, deathcore sound of Black vs. Broken to the upbeat, colorful riffing in Hourglass. I thought yeah. that was a very great, uh, but what- That was intentional. That was, that was intentional. Okay. But uh, here's the thing. What tripped me up uh, with the entire album was that the album not only features a short orchestral intro and an interlude track, but also, as you mentioned, the guitars were reamped in post, almost like it was it, the album as a whole was meant to have an intentional cohesion. So yeah, this- no, not all the guitars. By and large, a lot of the guitars were good from where they came from. It was really right. just like it was certain things. Like um, I believe the clean guitar in Hourglass. I think Chris reamped that. He did reamp a few things. He reamped his own guitars from when he tracked them at home, and then he brought it to the studio and reamped them on a better amp. But you know, by and large, it was for the most part their own stuff. It wasn't done for the sake of making it all sound like a cohesive unit because that was the exact opposite of the goal. The goal was to be like, I want to use every tool in my toolbox as a vocalist. I want to use them all on this one record and I want to do as many different styles of like metalcore, like heavy metal that, that I can. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, like I want to, I black first was the first one on the, on the CD because like that was, that's the heaviest one. That's the most death metal of them all. Um, and you know, I was like, yeah, I want to start this off with a shit kicker. And then I want to like flip the script and be like, yeah, but you know, and then go heavy melodic stuff, post hardcore, you know, get more of that on the next track and then kind of canvas all the in-between from there, you know? Oh, so I can tell you right now, yeah, the shit was kicked with that first track. Holy shit. Part of my wall still has a bit of brown on it from like the last time I hit play. Thanks, man. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to wipe it down. It just, it just stuck there. I can't, I can't. That Anytime someone asks like, what, what the hell happened to your wall? I played Harder Truths. Uh, <laughs> Dude, thanks so much, man. I, I really appreciate that. My, Old drummer from To Die This Night, uh, Doug Wade, awesome dude, but he loves melodic death metal. Like death metal's his thing. He loves it. And, and man, he called me up when when I showed him uh, Blackverse, and he's like, he's like, I, I love everything that you did there, and I love that track so much, and and just just I love you, but this is wonderful. And I was like, oh man, you're my seal of approval for this. If Doug Wade <laughs> says it's good. If Doug Wade says that this melodic death metal track is good, then I'm good because he's such a super fan for that stuff. Like, he loves it. And I was like, ah, oh, that was a sigh of relief when he told me. I'm like, oh, I'm so relieved. Thank you. I was in the bathtub when he called me, too. I was like, dude, <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't want to pick up the phone, but, man, I'm so glad I did. Oh, man, thank you. It was so good. That was, that was kind of the thing. I wanted to use every tool that I had in the toolboxes of vocalist bunny ears um and just kind of use them all on one record because i didn't get to do that really in a lot of projects um and when i did what i did try like it usually would come out good but i feel weird about it you know like you're like oh like, maybe i shouldn't have done that 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 brief pig squeal thing there maybe i should have done a rasp instead but i just kind of wanted to do that there so that's what i did um well, you know you always end up looking uh, looking back on like past works and you're like 
I could have done that better. Maybe I should have done it like this. Like it's always like like everything. You always look it back. Like like the everything you do now is will be judged by the future selves. It's that's kind yeah. of the whole thing. But I mean, I remember a lot from when I was there and when I'm there. Like it's a conscious decision of like, oh no no no, no I'm going to do this because it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I actually consciously make that choice from time to time in just about everything yeah. that I do. Um, for instance, sour times. There's like some really like shitty low end vocals with like breaks and stuff, and that's basically a hardcore record. But I put it in there, so I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool. It sounds cool. It's ridiculous. Yeah, tell it. We're doing it, and you know. I find that interesting in the end. I look back at that without regret. I'm like, oh, no, that was cool. I'm glad I did that, even though that wasn't my initial inclination to go that way. I'm glad I did that. You always end up diverting from, like, your original intentions. You never go with – your first intention is good, but then you're like, let me – what happens if we bring, like, a freaking – what if we play the metronome in the track? Let's – can we get, like, just random clicks in there, see how that sounds, and see if that goes well? No. No, no, no. Never you got to you 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 be sure of yourself too. Like, exactly. I mean, like, you, it, you know, a lot of times the first, if you're good at what you do, a lot of times the first initial reaction of where you want to go with something is usually the right one. Not yes. always, but usually. And if you go and you start second guessing, like you always have to ask, like, okay, does this take anything away from the initial idea? Like, because the initial idea worked out good. Okay, cool. Like, it has to add something. It has to be, like, measurably better than the initial thing for me to even really consider it. Like, I don't consider anything past that point because it's like, well, if it's going to be a wash, then I'm going to go with what my gut told, you know? And if there's just the potential, but it's a small potential, like, I'm not going to go chasing the rabbit. When I, you know, I'm just, I'm going to keep going. Um, and I find that that usually works out well for me in terms of production for, like, vocals. But not always. So with an album like this, uh, do you think that you'll end up doing something else like this in the future? <sighs> Man, you know, I got to tell you, it's uh, I've got so much on the table for 2022. I've got another Concrete Kings record coming out with that. Just I'm just starting production now. I'm working on new Sour Times. We've already got like two albums worth of material that I've got to start writing and tracking for. We've still got Seeking Siren stuff to come out. Um, could I like? Would I? Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, can I? Of course I can. Will I? Not in the immediate future. Maybe a few years down the road. Um, if or if I do start it in the near future, like it'll be a very slow process, just like this one was. This took like two years. It took that long, partly because I was working with a lot of different artists who had busy schedules and I had, they, you know, they had to find time to plug me in, but also because, you know, I had so much other stuff going on that I didn't want to negatively impact that. Like I didn't push too hard to, to get it done in a timely manner because right. I wasn't worried about it. This was just a fun idea and it was cool. Uh, and it was more so that I put that record out for me more than anybody else. That was just for me because I wanted to know that I could do it. And I wanted to do that style of record where I used every toolbox in my toolbox that I had at my disposal. And I wanted to like do something huge and just kind of take a huge under- undertaking with it and see what happened. I did that for me. And by and large, I'm happy with that. But part of the reason it got done was because I had that need. It was like a desire in my bones to do it. 
And now that I've done that, I no longer have that, which was a primary motivator for it. But of course, I would love to do something like that again, where like, you know, I'm working with other musicians that are in bands that are household names. And I may, I may, or I may just, you know, make it smaller. And instead of like doing a whole album, maybe do like, you know, a single at a time, a collab track at a time with different artists and like maybe make that bigger, like, you know, do like music videos for it and stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, get a band together with the guest player and like do a full production thing with it and kind of do one at a time that I could definitely see happening down the road. But as far as another album, I'm not sure. And I'm really, until I'm talking to you about it, this is the first that I'm actually starting to really think about it. So I can't give you a real definitive answer aside from what I've said. Like, it sounds like a great idea. I could do it. Um, I'd like to, but I, I can't say whether or not I will. And if I do, in what shape or form that'll take, because right. I, I've just got so much other stuff going on. And again, that was rule number one was none of my bands that I'm in or projects that I'm working on they're not going to take a backseat. I'm going to meet every obligation, every plan we make. I'm going to stick to like whatever we want to do. I'm going to make sure none of that doesn't get done because I'm working on this thing. Because I've been in that position before where like somebody's working on a new band or whatever that's got so-and-so and so-and-so in it. And like they're really pumped on it. And then all of a sudden this band they've been working on together with all these, all these dudes for two years goes out the window. And that's a horrible way to feel as a musician. It's like, dude, you know, I've invested my time that I can't get back in my passion. Like I've invested myself in this project and for you to just throw it out and walk away and go do this thing just because it's cooler. That, that made me feel so awful. And I would never want anybody that I work with professionally to have to feel that. So that was rule number one. And that will always be the rule. If I go and try any of this crazy madness, like I did with this. Yeah. Well, thankfully for me, I've never actually been in a band where that's happened. Uh, but I do, I do feel like, yeah, yeah, that's, just not great. It's not a great situation for you to be in. And it just kind of makes them come off as an asshole, even if they're just trying to follow their passion. Yeah. I mean, let me, let me put it to you this way, man. I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts. So like bands form and disappear in the blink of an eye and members of those bands, it's like musical chairs. Like they go all over, they play all over bands, break up, they reform, they form new bands. Like, like I can't even tell you how many like bands I've jammed with that like never got much further past that stage and like how many musicians I've seen again and again in some of those projects that like and every now and again one will randomly pop up five years down the road like oh yeah didn't we do that thing with such and such and we were gonna go oh yeah 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 it's just such a hotbed up here I always say there's too many chiefs and there's not enough Indians because it's like man you know there's there's just so many bands like dude you guys should be going to shows not trying to play them because you ain't there yet you know what I mean like you know, like, and I've been there, like, you get excited, you want to play, but it's like, you know, it's just, there's so many people. So I've encountered that more times than I'd like to, to admit, especially like if a person in that project would, did anything remotely cool or huge, like, oh, they played that festival with such and such, or, oh, they were in a band with such and such, and who's that guy? And then all of a sudden, like that, you know, that dude at your project wants to jump in if there's an opening and he gets in, it's like, oh man, he's into that 110% because he's like, you know thinking that that means something in the terms of like where you'll progress as an artist. And it really doesn't like that's, I've had to teach that to musicians a lot over the years. Like that doesn't mean anything. Like 
I've played some amazing shows. I've gone on some really amazing short tour runs, like, you know, like weekend runs or week long things. Like, I've done all that stuff. I've played with those people. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It's a big club and you're not in it. it. It's like luck, who you know, what resources you have at your disposal. Like, dude, I've done some amazing stuff over the years and I'm still not in that club. Like, it just, it's not going to happen. That's not why I do this. And that's why what I'm doing is usually pretty good and, and building in quality and quantity because I have my head on right of like, no, I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to like blow up or like not even harder truths. It wasn't even about that for me. It was like, you know, and I've been doing this long enough to be like, yeah, you know, I, I feel confident enough in myself as a vocalist that I could play with just about any band in the genre and closely related subgenres and be able to hold my own ground and be like, you know, like I, I know I'm good enough to at least do that. Like I wouldn't be like, wow, I could play any show, any stage with any of these bands. And nobody would be like, wow, that guy sucks. Would I be the best guy on stage? Of course not. But like no slouch, you know? And I kind of wanted, I've already proved that because I've already played shows with God knows how many bands that are household names over the years. I've already done all that. But now it was like the other end of it was like, you know, recording and actually writing music so it was like you know like yeah man like now now that's where i'm at where it's like you know i'm recording and writing music with some of the best guys in the genre and the subgenres, you know the world over i mean like name name a metalcore band more important than fucking on earth you know what i mean like that's engage. okay <laughs> <laughs> i see where you're going with that but, but you see like... but, yeah but I, I you see where i'm going like you, you know, those two are in the same sentence when you talk about like metalcore bands. What is it? Kill Switch Engage, All That Remains, Unearth, As They Lay Dying. Right? And out of those big four, I got to work with two of them. Like, that's that that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. awesome. So, like, that was the motivation. It's like, all right, I've already played shows with most of these guys by and large already. You know, now I want to actually, like, get something on tape. Um, just so that way, like, yeah, you know, I wasn't in the big club. I was never in the big club, but I didn't need to be. I did my thing. I did my, you know, I did my time. I played some great shows. I did some really cool stuff. And I got to write some music with some of the best artists in the genre that I was in at the time. That was really the only goal. And, you know, so like I said, it's, but it's all about me. <laughs> like, this is, this is what I want to do. Exactly. I don't care if, like, somebody likes it or, or what. But it's amazing because everybody that's listened to it has been like, this is amazing. Like, what, what's, oh, wow. I mean, it's gotten some great press. It's been amazing. But, you know, that's all awesome. But that's that wasn't even remotely a motivator for me for doing it, which is amazing how life works that way. It's little idiosyncrasies with the universe, you know? No, so, I mean, like, I can't tell you how many... I've released so much music over the years. And, you know... I think this one was the first one to ever get like, a big lot. He got a for the premiere release for Solar Fall, uh, Metal Injection got a premiere, and I was like, and I've been at this record for years and trying, like actually trying to get like somebody like talk about us or whatever, whatever band I was in at the time, and it never happened. And then of course when I wasn't trying, and I was like, well, no, I'm just going to focus on this. That that's when I when it actually happened. It's like. And, you know, the universe is just like, it's just a bad <laughs> joke, man. Like, you know, like, all I could do is laugh because it's just like, that's just so funny. Like, of wow. course, that it would happen now. Like, when I, that, that wasn't even on the agenda, not even remotely on the agenda of like what I was looking to get out of this. 
And it's just kind of amazing how life is where like, you know, it tends to like give you what you want when you don't want it or need it anymore. You know, and it's like, so it's like, all right, so should I just act like I don't want anything? So I get everything, <laughs> like it, you know, you know, I really don't want that Rolex. I, I really don't want it. I don't want it. Like, just, yeah. It just looks it like works for cats. It yeah. works for cats. Like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And then, like, they get all the treats and all the pets and all the toys. And it's like, man, is that, do they have it right? Am I like, you know, <laughs> they, like. They figured it out. They figured out the code to life. <laughs> but it's been amazing, man. And I just, uh, I'm so glad that I got to involve as many of my, you know, closest work musicians and friends that I possibly could because it was like, you know, they got to get some of that out of this. So it was like, you know, like, hey, man, you played bass on this song and it got premiered on Metal Injection. That's it. That's awesome. You know, like, hey, you played drums on this and like, it's like, it's getting plays and stuff. Like, it's making waves. It's cool, you know? But, and that's awesome. Getting my friends involved. Like, Chris Danielli, too. Like, I mean, we work together professionally, but I've known him long enough and we've spoken long enough, worked together long. I consider him a friend. We are friends. And, you know, like, man, to get to get him to, like, dust off his guitar, because, I mean, like, you know, he was kind of doing, like, a doom, like a doom rock band called Oxen for a while. That's really good. But to get him to, like, go back to that time in his head and, like, get into Acacia Strain mode, where, like, playing that sort of stuff, like, beat down heavy, heavy shit. Like, that was cool for him. You know, like, he was real hesitant about it. First, ah, I don't know. I'm like, come on. You know, like, I kind of, like, come on. You got to do it, man. It's going to be awesome. And then, like, you know. Peer pressure is a hell of a thing, isn't it? Peer pressure is awesome. <laughs> if, you're doing, if you're doing it to promote somebody else's well-being, like, to, to yeah. do something that's good for them. If you, it's not about you. And it's about them. I think peer pressure is awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like that. And it's like, it's like no, man, you got to do this. It's going to be great. Like, you're going to love it. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard work or whatever. Like, but dude, it's going to be great. And if it's, it's still technically peer pressure, but if it's done from the right place, mm-hmm. it can be a really beautiful thing. Yeah. And to have him like come out and just pull out that banger like that. And like, you know, to see the look on his face, you know, when, when I was tracking vocals for it and it was done listening back and like, and see, like, he was really happy with it. That was such a tremendous reward. And I got that with from Freddie and Josh, too. Like, you know, like, just, it was so cool, you know. And I got that from some of the other, other artists on the record, too. It was like, wow, you know, this is really cool. It's amazing. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think I ever would have gotten my name up with this person's name on the same thing for a show, never mind, like, a record. And, like, that, that was cool to be able to, like, like, okay, man, you helped me out, but I got to give you something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it was, it was really, that's the coolest thing about this is that it's just been so awesome. Like, being able to, like, bring everybody up, you know? Like, I'm so happy with it. I can't even, it's me talking about it with you right now. It's like, man, I really should do another one of these, goddammit. <laughs> you know? Circling back to the question that started this entire thing. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll see another one in the future. Uh, sometime in the future. Who knows when that'll be. Uh, but my final question for you, and this is probably more important than anything I've ever asked before. The viewers at home know exactly where I'm going with this. Is the question is, if you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? Oh, it's easy, bro. Count Chocula all day. Count Chocula all day. Close second would be Booberry. Close second. 
close second, but Count Chocula all day. Just be able to talk like the Count Sesame Street. Beach, where's my mom? You know what I mean? Oh, forget it. I, I, all day. Easy, hands down, Count Chocula. Thank you very much. Good day, sir. Good day. Without hesitation, <laughs> just straight up. You were waiting for this question to be asked. Uh, oh, so oh, 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 yeah. This yeah, is yeah, a question yeah. you were hoping was going to get asked. I, I, I was born with a <laughs> box of Count Chocula in my hand. I love cereal. I mean, I'm a cereal man. I love cereal. And man, you know, like, forget it. Count Chocula, man, he was badass, you know? <laughs> Hiding out in his crypt in his castle. Ooh, you know? Love that stuff, man. I mean, I'm still convinced that John Keita from Diecast, who I also was in City of Homes with, I'm still convinced that he actually is a vampire. Because I, <laughs> like, I was in a band with him for three years, and like every now and again, he'd bring this smoking hot chick to a show. Smoke show. Young, beautiful. And like she, she went there to hang out with him. There was no illusions about that. And then, like, we'd see her for that show, and we'd never see or hear anything about them ever again. <laughs> so I was like, man, you're just, like, taking these beautiful young women and just stealing them into the night and draining their life force. And that's why you're, like, fucking 80 years old and you still look like you're 30. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, And, you know, he's all, like, bashful about it until I found a picture of a Civil War uh, battle. And it was Gettysburg, and there was a Union soldier, a corpse, lying on the ground. That looked exactly like him. And I'm like, God damn it, this is the proof. I know it now. You are a preacher of the night, sir. You're it's a confirmed. preacher of the night. Confirmed. Vampire confirmed. Confirmed, sir. Confirmed. And while I don't confirmed. want any part of that life, I respect you for it, all right? But just be honest, man. It's 2020, you know? Like, we don't, you know, you know we, we, don't, we don't need that. We, we, like, there's aliens, man. We know this stuff. Like, vampires, like, if honestly, if they want to be a real people, just like, yeah, all right, whatever. Didn't, they, didn't the government just release that stuff about UFOs last year? They were like, yeah, yeah there's UFOs. And people were like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, don't hide. It's like, we, don't we, hide. It's like guys, we do this already. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I knew about it. All this. Everybody knows these things. We all know these things. Why do we gotta deny these things? <laughs> but yeah, so I hope that... uh that was a good answer to your question. I want to thank you so much for having me, Tom. It's a pleasure yes, being here with you. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll give you a five-second shout-out. Anything you want to shout-out, go. I uh, want to shout-out all the guys on the record for taking time out of their busy schedules to do this record. And I want to thank Freddie Velasco and Josh Previty for taking part in it, and Chris Danielli especially for taking part in it and helping me make a crazy idea to come reality. All right, that was part two with Joseph Isaiah. Harder Truths is out now. You can stream and download it wherever. I'll throw a couple of links down in the podcast description. All right, let's wrap this up and tell you what's coming up next week. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. And that's another podcast in the bag. Coming up next week, I'll play for you an interview that's never been released with Midwest death metal band Casket Robbery. Oh god, that interview is old. I'm pretty sure we filmed it back in September. It's outdated by now, but fuck it, it was fun. As well, I'm putting my money where my mouth is supposed to be, and I'm letting you tell me what are the best non-Big Four thrash metal bands of all time. I've already gotten some great submissions from you, but if you have any others, reach out with the hashtag MRP Thrash Metal, that is hashtag MRP Thrash Metal, and I'll include you in the list. All of this and more coming up next week. In the meantime, though, you can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. 
You can also check out everything Metal Robot on themetalrobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay. Thanks for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.